Hey everyone, it's me, your creative mentor, Lauren. We're starting a fresh new month. You guys got your workbooks earlier yesterday sometime, and everything's going great. If this is your first time tuning in, my name's Lauren. This is the Creative Mentor Podcast, and it's a podcast that I created out of pure frustration that art school didn't teach me how to get a fucking job. (laughs) So eight years later... A lot of trial and error and a lot of um, being put in my place in learning. Um, I'm here to tell you everything that I wish they had told me. And this, I was watching TikTok a lot through the pandemic, which we are still in. It's It looks like it's on the outs. So let's all cross our fingers on that one. But um, I was watching a lot of TikTok in the pandemic, as we all have. And I was seeing a lot of really frustrated art students um, talk about this exact thing. And I was like, man, this is exactly how I felt in school. So I put this podcast together. And again, if you're new here, I always say, always vet your sources. This includes me when someone wants to give you advice about something that could affect your life, like your career, your mental health, etc. I actually did a mentorship with the AIGA, which is the American Institute of Graphic Arts. We finally learned. I'm not affiliated with them, but I did um, like a four-week course um, with some mentees where I talked about how to navigate a corporate um, creative job. I work in advertising. I've been a graphic designer since 2013 in the workforce. I've done production work. I've done advertising work. I've done... Uh, type laying. I've worked in trophy shops. I've lied my way into my first design job ever. I learned on the job. I consider myself self-taught. And now I live in downtown Chicago being paid pretty well. So I'm also a money-driven creative. Some of us are not money-driven. But all of that I think is all you need to know if this is your first time jumping in. If not, You all know this stuff. I also have a Patreon. It is mostly free. I have some premium content like workbooks at the end of every month to cover everything we've talked about because I categorize this podcast in themes for the month. So we had the month of what should I think about before getting into design? And then we had the money month talking about negotiating, how much you should be paid, yada, yada. And we just got off of the uh, mental health month to make sure we don't lose our fucking mind. And now I got the theme this time, guys. We're doing the working ecosystem. Because I'm sure you've heard over time, like, you know, there's the politics game at work. Um you know, why do less talented people get better work, all that stuff. It's all about the human politics of it all. And so this month, I kind of want to walk through the ecosystem of all of that. So today we're going to be talking about what the industry even really looks like. And I'm going to go with the design census that was um, taken by the AIGA. If you don't know what that is, it's essentially like... um, a club or a chapter situation and almost every city has one and it's just a place to have resources for design because their goal is to move the creative industry and the design industry forward so they collect a lot of data they create a lot of programs they sponsor or gain sponsors from a lot of um, local like talent agency groups and things like that so it creates a work ecosystem 
for creatives. And it's just one of a few things that happen. It helps network, yada, yada. I'm not here to sell you on the, on the AIGA specifically, but that's just what it is. And so they have access to a lot of data, and um, we have the 2019 design census. Um, that's actually the most up-to-date one. I know we're in 2021, and while these numbers may no longer necessarily be as true, they give a really good glimpse into what you're getting into working in the design field specifically, but in the creative industry. And even if the design is not your thing, maybe you're a photographer or writer or a music person or anything, the purpose of this is to understand how to frame information to set you up for the most success based on what you define success as. And I just happen to do it through examples of my personal experience, but even if this stuff isn't apples to apples what you do, I'm trying to teach you how to think about this versus literally giving you a step-by-step how to do it. So I wanna walk you through kind of the flaws of our field and just the information that we currently have collected and how that affects all of us working, whether you work in my specific field or not. And so that's what like this week's going to (laughs) be. And then I want to walk you through the politics game specifically, which is just kind of a fancy way of saying corporate structure, work culture, etc. And this applies to studios that you work in, um, freelance gigs that you do, clients and companies that you work with, and working with brands. Um, Because people run all the institutions that we will interact with and humans are flawed and we follow culture, we follow like-mindedness, especially in the creative field, but it's also a lot more abstract. So I want to walk us through the politics game and how to frame that in your mind for how you already naturally are. Um, because I think a lot of people really shy away from politics because of how it sounds. It sounds pretty shitty. Um, but, um, you can use it to your advantage and sleeping on it actually is not the way to go depending on your like route of success. So I want to talk about that next week. Um, and then I'm still kind of working out the kinks, but I definitely want to talk about working styles. So different kinds of managers you can run into old school versus new school is a really general example. And then I definitely want to work on how we talk about what we do, because that's all going to apply to functioning within the ecosystem. So that's kind of an outline for the month that's upcoming the next four weeks for you. Um, so get ready, but for now... (laughs) (laughs) we're just going to talk about the design census and I'm literally just going to kind of walk through this site. So if you hear my mouse clicking, like I'm just making sure that I'm clicking and reading the right things, but I just want to walk you through the numbers, what they kind of mean and how they can affect you. So um, essentially the main purpose of this document, which I will have on my Patreon for free, or you could just remember designcensus.org because that's how you get here. Um, But this whole thing is basically understanding the state of design and the people who make it, which is pretty important. Oh, so let's just like dive right in. Um, I'm not going to go through the like sample size. You can look that up for yourself. Um, But first of all, let's let's get started. So most people who filled out the design census, um, so most of the information we're going to be looking at 
are people who I am pointing this podcast to, which is people with uh, about one to four years experience, or you're like me with five to nine. So these are all the numbers that are relevant to pretty much all of us who are listening, unless you're one of the few 10 to 14, 15 to 20 year veterans, which I'm also excited you're listening to because I think um, trying to have and listen to the younger worker to have a more modern sense to manage them with is helpful for literally everybody. So all of these numbers are really relevant to the discussion that I'm hoping we can all have amongst ourselves. So something else too I'm going to cover eventually is the art school dilemma. I might fit that in this month because it just keeps coming up. Um, Is art school worth it? Is going to school for this worth it? And that's a difficult layered question, but let's walk through kind of how a lot of people in this census have gone through everything. So a very small percent of people um, did online learning or did apprenticeships or mentor. And I think that's very specific to your field. If you're a photographer, if you're a tattoo artist, if you're things like that, that can be very relevant that way. I also just personally believe there are so many online resources and on the job I've used a lot of online resources and companies have paid for Skillshare for me or Linda or online resources like that to teach me a program they want me to learn that I think that that is a very real way you can function. However, we're still in this like gray area where people want a bachelor's degree. And I think while we're having the student debt conversation as a a nation, um, until we really square that away, I do think if you have two portfolios and resumes next to each other that are just as talented, a company, the way that they're still managed by people, they're gonna pick the bachelor's degree over everything, which is what a majority of these creatives are saying in the census is their education. I have a a bachelor degree in the fine arts, um, and so do a majority of the people here. But some people have associate's degrees, which I do know successful creatives who do have associate degrees. Others go through workshop programs or technical certificates. This might be relevant to UX, UI. Um, specialized art schools, you know, there's, I wish this was me, but like there's those kids that went to specialized high schools, colleges for specific art. I feel like a lot of animators do this. Um, some college, because that shit's expensive, and a very small percentage have master degrees and doctorates, and these are probably more so art historians. Um, so again, it all depends on what your goals are and what you are looking for, but most people in the creative field of design have bachelor degrees. Now I will say, and we'll get into the meat of this in the art school podcast, but I will say most jobs don't give a shit what your bachelor degree is in specifically, so long as it is art. I majored in fine art sculpture. I do graphic design wireframing for a major brand. Those are not the same. (laughs) So that's kind of like, I feel like being a creative with an education, whatever that means, is a gray area in and of itself. But this is what the market looks like. These are the things that people who are reading your resume and looking at your portfolio, this is their comparison pool of what they're seeing. So this is where their comfort levels are with these numbers. 
So I'm not going to get into location because there are creative things everywhere, but I also do want you guys to call back to our money conversation of how much you should get paid because depending on where you live, you can get a percentage more or a percentage less under the national average salary um, depending where you live. For example, I live in Chicago, so the average salary for an experienced graphic designer, I would add 24% to as a standard of living increase because that's it's expensive to live here, but also like these are how you can make decisions to leverage more of what you make in different spurts of time that you're looking for depending on your goals. So that's how location can kind of matter and seeing like the plot point map, you can see how competitive it is, etc. Um, but I just, and I also think the pandemic is going to like mix this up a lot because a lot of companies are going to be okay with um, taking um, remote workers. And I'm going to tell you right now, I do not know how to predict what that's going to look like because I don't know if the company being headquartered in a city is what will determine people's salaries or where people live will determine that. And I don't think anyone knows that answer. But these are things to think about. Maybe you've been itching to move or, or like leverage something. Like these are things to think about. So most people who answered this um, census are between uh, 20, 30 years old, but people as old as 50 and 60 have participated, which is valuable. Um, but we are talking people within, I guess I'll say my age group, a millennial age group and um, like an older Gen Z. Uh, so that's good to know. Um, and then gender. This is interesting when we get into numbers for money later. So put a pin in these numbers. 61% of the design field specifically is women, 36% are men, 0.7 are non-binary, 0.4 gender non-conforming, 0.3 gender fluid, 0.2 trans, etc. And then the rest are just less than that agender, bigender, pangender. There was a lot included in this. But I want you to remember, 61% over 36 are identify as female and then remember all those queer numbers as well if you add them all up they're like three or four percent of representation this gets interesting when we get to salaries so what's going on here ethnicity is another one too i want us to pay attention to 71% of the design industry that participated in this survey are white people. Um, it is not a secret in this podcast that uh, there's a severe lack of diversity. This is also another reason that it was important for me to make this podcast free and accessible to people because I feel like there's like this strange amount of gatekeeping in one, the art world, and two, in the creative field and design in general, where somewhere along the lines, I'm a white, like, cisgendered woman, so I can't speak to where that is. But somewhere along the lines, this field becomes really inaccessible to people, and I personally think that is bullshit and that sucks. And so any information I can give to anyone to help them break past this barrier, I'm willing to do and advocate for. But I hated seeing this number. 71% of all of us in the design field 
are white and that is one perspective being shown when there's so many more people to be hearing and seeing and including their stories with the storytellers so that's fun um love that for white supremacy um so let's get into the industries all right so design is just like a field but what industries is everybody in we have um these are what showed up i'm just going to read the list um accounting design advertising aerospace agriculture alcohol and tobacco architecture arts and entertainment is a pretty big one biotech i think will be bigger clothing and textile you can work on your sustainability stories construction consulting consumer goods data science digital products and services like web design app design software design that is the number one field designers are in second to general marketing because a lot a lot of creative departments in companies and brands are lumped under marketing which there's a debate about that in within that is that the right place blah 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 but um, there's education, electronics, energy, finance, food, government, health, hospitality, industrial goods, insurance, legal, medical, publishing, real estate, retail, shipping, social media, transportation, travel, tourism, other. So these are all kind of the general fields, but the top ones people work in is advertising, arts and entertainment, digital products, education, marketing, and social media. So these are pretty likely places you'll land in your first job, most likely, if you're working for bigger companies. I definitely know people in real estate doing design and in healthcare doing design and in education doing design. So these are kind of the places you'll land. And I think when students specifically, when you're just making work at school, um, you're not really challenged to come up with a design solution in a real world situation, which I think is fine, but I just think it's a little bit of a shock when you get into the working world that the, the, these are the markets you're working in to solve their design problems. And what that looks like is hard to fathom because you don't know what a business market is quite yet. And so I think people get a little bit disappointed and so if you can just kind of understand where everybody is working, that'll help like prepare you to figure out where you want to belong. And again, I want to remind students, when you're out of school, you don't have to have the answer of what you're going to do for a career. It took me probably up until 2017 to find my career job and I graduated in 2013. And I'm not saying that to like freak you out that you're going to wander the world for that amount of time. But I'm just going to say like take that pressure off of yourself and just try things and see what you like. I would say by the time you're 32, you should pretty much have an answer. But like it's going to be all right. Just test out how these industries make you feel and what stories they're telling. And if, and if you like them. So... Let's see. A lot of skills are also needed for all of this. So, you know, when we talked about salaries, there were a lot of job titles. These are kind of the things. I'm going to read through the skills and then I'm going to tell you something else. So a lot of skills that people are looking at are 3D animation software. That's big. If you can animate video for people, they're all over you. Algorithm design, AR, VR, 
is only 0.3% in this census, I'm guaranteeing you it's grown so much. Virtual reality, especially in the pandemic, and having QR codes and um, VR technology filters like for Instagram have exploded. Like AR VR design is way bigger. Art direction is the biggest skill here. And I, I'm going to talk about title traps a little later in like the general podcast. But I think if you're straight out of school, straight out of school, and someone's hiring you for a creative director, art director position, that's jumping the gun a little bit. And I think you should just proceed with caution. And I'm just telling you this because if you're working somewhere fresh out of school with an art direction, art directory title, and for whatever reason your your job doesn't work out, that's not always going to be apples to apples at another company. And you might get pushed way back down to like graphic designer or whatever your field is. So art direction being the number one skill here I thought was very interesting However, I'm a graphic designer at my day job. I'm not a senior or anything. Not yet. We're working on it. Um, And I art direct photography on a set all of the time. So it's definitely a skill. But if it's your title fresh out of school, I would be a little concerned. Uh, Though that is badass sounding. (laughs) I would love to be an art director or creative director uh, someday. I'm really working on it. But that's more of a managerial title, if you ask me. There's business development. There's business operations. So these are people who run departments um, for the creatives or project managers, which are really important. I can't function without those people. Uh, There's coding. There's copywriting. You're nothing without a good story. Data analysis. Data visualization. That's infographics. Drawing and painting facilitation I don't really know what that means film videos big it's only three percent here I bet you it's bigger for 2021 general leadership mentoring hey photography project management public speaking we're gonna get into this when um we talk about how to talk about what you do public speaking are is people's number one fear and then death is second people would rather be dead than public speak (laughs) And this goes a little bit into like talking about what you do. Um, But that is a skill that we have to do. We have to pitch our ideas to people and sell people on the idea we come up with to buy. So that's in here. SEO, search engine optimization is only getting more important the more digital we get. How to find something in a search. UI, UX. I think our industry uses that interchangeably, but they are different. Um, writing articles, and then general other. So these are kind of all the skill sets that are making people the most money and that in a real world situation people are using. So I think these kind of come with working over time. I don't think you have to specifically work at a lot of these. Uh, Your career will take a natural path towards more um, like SEO, social media, or UI, UX, like those aren't always parallel. You'll go off to do one over the other a little more as you just experience working. Um, but it's good to know to see what everyone's experiencing currently. Um, and then employment type, I want to talk a little bit about. Um, most people are full-time employees somewhere at a company um, that is in-house. And I want to say a little bit, 42% of the people who were um 
sampled for this work at an in-house like creative department. And I want to talk a little bit about that because I think that depending on what school you're going to, it's very agency driven for designers and there's a little bit of uppityness there. And that's fine. Do and feel and think however you want. But I just think it does our industry a disservice when we discount people for or poo-poo people who are in an in-house team. It's the most common situation you come across because quite frankly, unless your company is like Nike or Coca-Cola, they don't have a ton of money to pay agencies anymore. That is such an expensive business cost for companies that they'd rather just hire the college student to figure it out in-house themselves and probably pay them less than hiring an agency would be. Um, That being said, everybody starts their own agency and consultancy like every freaking day. So that's the next most popular um, company people work for. So it's working full-time in an in-house situation, which is just specifically only for that company or brand which is valuable because you learn about the history of that brand while you work there versus explaining it in a deck to an agency. Or you work full time in an agency or consultancy where you're working on multiple accounts. So you could work at an agency and have Burger King, Coca-Cola, KFC, I must be hungry. And you have all those clients that you serve and think of their advertising work for. That's kind of the difference there. And then everybody else is either self-employed, small business owner, or freelance, um, which is, I think, an honest, like, third-tier level of work that everybody has. And then you have a student, and then you have permalance, which is working at an agency or in-house full-time indefinitely, but not being hired by them, which, after a while, depending on your goals, can be a predatory thing to keep track of. Go back and listen to my um, How to Find Creative Work to kind of hear about that. And then 4% of us are educators, which is great because who's going to teach us otherwise? So these are kind of the actual real life working situations you can find yourself in. Now, there's a bunch more information on this census here that could go into like kinds of work, like years at the job, job title, company size, hours worked, all sorts of stuff like that, but you guys can explore that on your own. I just kind of want to give you a taste of like these real world numbers. So now, remember when I told you to put a pin in how much LGBT people make um, and how many people are represented and um, how women are represented? Here, remember those numbers. Here's where we are. So let's look at salary by gender. I'm just digesting these real quick for you. So let's see here. Um, The largest sample group that makes less than $25,000 a year at full-time employment with design are agender, bigender, gender-questioning, non-conforming, fluid, trans, pangendered people. They make up the largest amount of people who are paid the least as well as women. I'll say that again. Queer people and women make the most of the group who make $25,000 or less. That's fucked up. That is fucked up. No one, first of all, who's educated or specialized in design 
should be making anything less than that anyway. That is a fucked up wage to make. And then as you go higher, twenty-five to thirty-four thousand dollars, it's still kind of the same ratio. Men make the least of these two. So more women and queer people make less than men. More women and queer people make at twenty-five. At twenty-five to thirty-four, it's the same. Thirty-five to forty-nine, more women than men make. And then until you're at, let's see, more women make fifty to seventy-four thousand dollars than men. And then as it goes up, women, because we're a larger population in the workforce, we do make this amount. But really, at $50,000 to $74,000, that's where we're technically the most equal. But when you get to 75 to 99, 100 to 140, 150 to 199 to 200,000 plus, men make more. They're, like There's this bar graph in front of me. Women are yellow, men are green. And the higher the numbers go, the more men make over women. And the lower the numbers go, the more women make over men. So it just, you can literally see the gender spectrum inequality in this thing. That's so messed up, you guys. <laughs> That's so messed up. And if you go listen to my Negotiating a Raise um, podcast, I get on a really like gnarly soapbox about how we are all aware there's gender pay inequality, queer women, men, anything. And that while we're all talking about it and it's out in the open, no one's going to pay you. You have to demand it. And like when I look at these graphs and see this information and see that the most queer people fall under $25,000 or less. That makes me so angry. And that women don't have access essentially over men to 100K or more a year in the creative field. When we make up most of it. Stupid. These sample sizes of men. Not that I'm hating on you guys. But these sample sizes of men make more proportionally than they than women and queer people do it's just so messed up when you can see it and i just want to remind you all with the salary guide the help of this podcast to guide you and anything else i could tell you you have all of the tools to march into any job and justify why your skill sets are worth what the industry has deemed it worth and there is no job in our industry that is worth less than $35,000. So I just want you to feel really empowered to be paid for your skill, your ability to tell the story, your ability to bring humanity to capitalism, which is like, that's fun to work in, right? <laughs> All of that stuff. There is no excuse that any job should be paying anyone in the industry less than $35,000. There's none. So <laughs> it's just like, oh, it makes me so mad. <laughs> so I just like, oh, I just hate it. I hate it so much. But you can take a look, a deeper dive into these salaries. But these sample sizes are messed 
up for gender inequality. Like you could just see it. Oh, it just makes me so mad. <laughs> oh God. But overall the satisfaction of people's um work most people in the working environment of design say that they're happy but there's room for improvement and then the next largest size says they're not really satisfied but it is ideal and i will say that that is an accurate portrayal of most designers that i speak to including myself i'm happy where i am but there could be some improvement And that, I think, is a state we should all get accustomed to and inspired to grow. But, um, you know, it's not a perfect industry by any means. So no job you get will be perfect. And I think if you can understand that quickly, then you'll have a much better um, aptitude of survival um, in this field. Because I think there's a lot of... um, expectations versus reality in the design field especially when you're transitioning from school into the workforce um i've watched a lot of designers fresh out of school sit next to me and get really frustrated with the process because you go from an institution where everyone's like this is due on this day and this is what i expect and you'd think work would be like that but it's not always (laughs) so if you can just make decisions be adaptable I'm going to tell you, in most first-time design jobs, um, if you make a mistake, you don't lose your job. So it's a great place to um, just ask for forgiveness later than wait for permission. And again, the design industry and the creative industry as a whole is a DIY career. No no one's path is um, copyable. You can parallel it, but... If you follow in someone's exact footsteps, it's not apples to apples for people, especially if you're queer, a woman, you know, white person of color. It's different for everyone, whether you live in Idaho or Chicago, it's different for everyone. Um, Our industry is the most abstract, so you can make it what you want. And sometimes, like, I'll be honest with you, sometimes it doesn't feel like it's worth all the work that you have to put into it and the chess game you play with the corporate world and all of that. So that's why at the beginning of this podcast, like, life, I really covered, like, if you can define what success means to you as a career and as a creative, and you can come up with this um, code that you follow of ethics that makes working bearable for you um, within capitalism and see where you can help move the needle. These are the best way, the best ways to be the happiest creative. And, and this ecosystem is what we're working in. It's not, honestly, it's not fair. It's not a fair place. And um, you know, We've all drived down the street and seen the billboard to be like, oh, who designed that? Or that's not readable. Or the kerning on this is garbage. Who let this go? Like there's bad design everywhere. And that's never going to go away. So why is the kerning on Netflix fucked up when I could have done better? It's not a fair field. And it's all about how you understand your core values as a worker, as a creative, as a designer, all of that stuff. It'll help you. And maybe you don't want to navigate any of this. Maybe you have a small business you kind of fell into. There's a billion ways to do this. 
but all of it is very DIY. So the design census is a good feel for what um, working for others is or working freelance is. Working more so for yourself is a little more of um, a personal journey and an unknown adventure than this kind of is. But we live in a digital age where we have access to so much data and understanding that data is going to help you make these numbers work for you. And that's what I'm trying to help you all do. It's the framework of thinking about things. And if you, you're only as good as your resources. And I didn't have any of these. School didn't show me any of this. A lot of this didn't exist when I was in school. And like the whole field is changing very quickly and so much is happening. So I just want to give you all these resources so you can understand what you're doing. Or try. It's better than blindly going into the workforce, which is what I had to do. So oh, that was like a lot. I Even I feel, and I said all of this. I feel like I said a lot. It was a lot to take on. But I hope this helped you at least set the foundation for everything we're going to talk about this month. Just functioning in the ecosystem you have your framework you have your numbers you have the answers to your questions of why you do this now how do you swim in the pool (laughs) so next week we're going to talk about the politics game which honestly I like the politics game but maybe it's because I understand it and I'm going to just kind of give you a little glimpse into that um So I hope you join me next week to figure that out or at least try to understand what's going on there. Um, But in the meantime, you can follow me on TikTok, The Creative Mentor, bite-sized little tips and tricks there. Um, You can follow my Patreon, whether you want to pay for premium content where you get next week's episode earlier. You can buy or download my workbooks at the end of the month, um, which... It's pretty cool. I like to work on them a lot and give them as a a resource to you all. Um, I'm still ironing out like my tears a little bit because I do want to offer one where I will review your resume and your portfolio and give you guys um, like some tips and tricks. Um, But like a monthly thing doesn't seem to like make a lot of sense. So I'm working on that. If you have suggestions, like email me, man. Um, but yeah, head over to my Patreon. All of the content I make is over there. Follow me on TikTok. You can follow me on Instagram. That's more about my life, but I am a designer. So if you want to see what I make, that's where I post it. Uh, (laughs) so yeah, the creative mentor podcast, give it a Google. It'll show all that stuff. And, um, I will see you all next week.